this service from Psalm 136 begins with the words, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And then it goes through a whole wonderful list of the wonderful things the Lord does. And it ends with these words, verse 26, O give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. The word endure is in italics. It literally means his mercy is eternal, for his his eternal mercy. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his eternal mercy. His mercy never ends. And this is the Old Covenant, the Old Testament picture of God in his mercy. Now in the New Covenant, we have a relationship with God built on better promises. And here's what Hebrews chapter 2 says, that Jesus in all things had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation, that is a full payment, for the sins of the people, for in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid or help those who are tempted. So the mystery is, if God is already eternal, why did Jesus come so that he could be a merciful high priest? God's God's mercy is eternal for sure. But the new covenant is even better because now he knows our need for mercy, not based on his omniscience, but based on his experience. If you feel betrayed, he knows what that's like. If you feel abandoned, he knows what that's like. Not by intelligence alone, but by experience. He is easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Two chapters later, the writer of Hebrews says that we have a high priest whose path through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses because he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your eternal mercy that's even stronger now, if if that could be, in that you are touched with the feelings. You have empathy because you've become one of us. You were robed in flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. You were tempted in all points like we are, and yet you never sin, and yet you can empathize. Not that that makes an excuse for sin, but that creates in your heart a stronger desire than ever before to be a faithful high priest to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that understanding. And now, Lord, I I thank you for the opportunity to speak here today. I'm truly honored by this. And Lord, I ask for your help in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. In October of last year, a 73-year-old man by the name of Otha Anders went to his bank in Ruston, Louisiana with 15 five-gallon jugs, that is, 75 gallons of pennies that he had accumulated over the course of 45 years. He had been hit with a dental bill, so he decided to cash him in. He didn't make a lot of money. His current job was taking care of in-school suspension kids at the public school in his community. Here's what it looked like. 
Here's Otho right here. It took the bank machine to count it. Took the machines five solid hours. They actually put Otha and a friend that helped all these there using this dolly and this ramp. They put them to work loading the pennies in this machine. He deposited it in his account, and when he left the bank that day, his deposit slip said $5,136.14. What's most interesting about this story isn't Otha's thriftiness, but his thankfulness. He said that he used each penny on the ground to serve as a reminder for him to give thanks to the Lord. He told reporters that I'm convinced that finding a penny was a God-giving incentive reminding me to always be thankful. There were days that I forgot to pray and then I would find a penny and it would remind me to pray and give God thanks. Like those pennies were a prompter to Mr. Anders, I would hope that myself today am a prompter to you and myself to be more thankful. I'd like to speak to you today on this subject, reasons and rewards for giving thanks. Another way of saying it is the roots and the fruits of thanksgiving, or the causes of being thankful and the effects of being thankful. Almost every culture has an expression for saying thank you. Now, there are some very primitive cultures that don't have it because it's just expected that whatever you have belongs to your friends. And uh, nobody ever says thank you about anything. That's kind of sad. But before we look down our noses at them, let's look at the the deep meaning of the word thank you. Uh, Miriam Dictionary, Merriam-Webster Dictionary, says the word thank means to express gratitude, but it also means to hold responsible. You come home and your house is a mess. You may say, who do I have to thank for this? Or thanks a lot. It's a word used to place blame as well as to place blame for something good, not just negative. Like I came to my office yesterday and there was a bag outside my office door and I opened the bag and in the bag was a giant jar of sliced hot pickles from the rib shack. Who's ever enjoyed those? I called a guy and said, dude, you're my first suspect. So I placed blame on him for his kindness. So it kind of swings both ways. The etymology of the word thank or to give thanks means to recompense or reward. It comes from a proto-Germanic word, thankogen, now said dankeschön. Uh, It means thought or gratitude, thoughtfulness or gratitude. It's coming from a root word, tong or tang, which means to think or feel. Uh, In my research, I saw that it's actually related phonetically to the word think, just as song is to sing. It's ironically often used to blame, as I said earlier. Now, that source of information for scholars, Wiktionary, Uh, said that we say thanks to mean I give you my thoughts of appreciation. Me thinks you're a nice person, I guess. Or something similar. 
But the S at the end of the word thank originated as its plural, as in saying many thanks to you, now shortened to just thanks. But the word many is implied. Uh, From that brain trust online called brain pickings, I found this information. In English, the word expression thank you is derived from think. It originally means or meant, I will remember what you did for me. I will hold you in my thoughts as being kind to me. In other languages, thanking relates to indebtedness. Thank you. How could I ever repay you, we might say. In Portuguese, their word for thank you is obrigado, which is related to our word obligated. We may now say uh, politely, I'm much obliged, but the root of that means I'm very obligated to you now because you have been so generous to me. It actually means I'm in your debt or I am obligated to you. The French word merci is related to our word mercy as in asking for mercy from the one to whom you are now in debt to. The Spanish word gracias kind of has the same thought behind it. I am grateful while recognizing your graciousness towards me. Please give me grace because I can't repay you. I'm, I'm grateful for your goodness. And so it is with God's grace to us. How could we ever repay? Isn't that awesome? God's goodness. Saying you're welcome. Um, or it's nothing. Or in Granbury, no problem. Or in Spanish, de nada. Originates as, as reassuring someone that you have favored that you are not holding a debt to them. It's not like, now you owe me. Saying my pleasure is really positive because it's related to saying, hey, this is a credit. It's not a debit. It's my joy to be kind to you. So we can see the word thank is not just a shallow thing, but there's some thought behind it. There's some history behind it. Um, In Zimbabwe, the Shona language, the word for thank you is the expression ndino tenda. Ndi is I, and tenda is thank you. And they'll go, ndino tenda, ndino tenda. But ndino tenda also means I believe. Now you think about it, someone's kind to you, you now believe that they're kind. So in church, you'll sing a song, Dino tenda Jesu, Dino tenda Jesu, Dino tenda Jesu, Hallelujah, Jesu. And it, it, it's a double meaning. I thank you, Jesus, and I believe in you, Jesus. The two are interrelated. Here's some reasons for giving thanks. The first reason is the Bible tells us to do so. It is good for us to give thanks unto the Lord, to make praise to your name, O Most High. O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, 1 Chronicles 16 says. On your note card, there are some other passages. This is just a sampling of the many verses that tell us that it's good to praise the Lord, tells us to praise the Lord and give him thanks. Another reason for giving thanks is we are truly blessed. Any blessed folks in the house? The Hebrew word for thank you, even in Israel today, is todah. 
And it's one of the Hebrew words for praise. And it literally means to throw your hands up or to extend your hands giving praise. That reminds me of God extending his hands for me and blessing me. The least I can do is return my hands to him. There's an element of exchange in giving thanks. Uh, the old saints at Thanksgiving, you may hear one say, all right, who's going to return thanks? That, that, there's meaning, there's depth in that. That's not, just a, that's not just a way of saying it. It has true meaning. And then, of course, the Greek word eucharisto, which is related to the word eucharisteo, which in modern Greece they'll now say efkaristo for thank you. I don't know if that's to distance themselves from the Holy Eucharist in the Orthodox Church. I'm not sure. But the Eucharist, which has come to mean communion. Got a slide for that is called that because when the Lord first instituted his supper, the Bible says he gave thanks. And I believe that was the word eucharisteo. He gave thanks. And so we have a lot to be thankful for when we think of Christ giving his life for us on the cross to pay our debt. Oh, praise the Lord who paid my debt. Isn't it wonderful to have your debt removed? But you know, he didn't stop there. He also, the epistles say, imputed us with his righteousness. So now our debt has been removed, our sins have been forgiven. Now here comes more blessings from God. He imputes us with his righteousness. Now we're no longer broke, that's a great blessing. But now we are rich. Over and above being forgiven, we have been imputed credited to our account his righteousness. His righteousness doesn't bring us to a zero balance. His forgiveness does that. But his righteousness brings us to an immeasurable balance. He became poor that we might be made rich. He became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. So when you look down on yourself, maybe you're Checkbook isn't reflecting what you'd like for it to reflect. Just remind yourself, there's more to me than meets the eye. I have a father that I can call upon in time of need. I have a high priest who's easily touched with the feelings of my infirmities. Another reason for giving thanks is practicing gratitude is good for us. Tell your neighbor, thankfulness looks good on you.
Luke 17 is a story of Jesus healing 10 lepers. They were far off, not near their community because according to the law, they had to live in quarantine. And so from a distance, they appeal for healing. The Lord tells them to go show themselves to the priest, which was a fulfillment of the law. You have to show yourself to the priest before you're allowed to enter back into society and they pronounce you clean or not clean. And the Bible says while they journeyed to the priest, they were cleansed. One of them, a Samaritan, came back to give the Lord thanks. And Jesus said, were there not 10 cleansed? Why is this stranger, this Samaritan's the only one that's coming? Well, it could be he didn't have entitlement issues. It could be he wasn't mad at God. It could be he wasn't excited about going to see the priest anyway, but he was cleansed and he came back to the great high priest to thank him for his cleansing. And the Lord told him, your faith has made you whole. Now, the word cleanse is the word from which we get the word catharsis. It's great to be cleansed of leprosy. I mean, leprosy of any kind is not good for you, whether it's the kind that eats away at your nervous system to where you knock fingers off and rats gnaw your ears off and you don't know it. It's a wonderful thing to be made to be cleansed for that stops, right? But it's really a wonderful thing if you're made whole. The word there for whole is the word sozo, which means to salvation. Jesus said, go your way, your faith has saved you. Now, I don't know how long they had been lepers, but obviously their kids grew in their absence. Their wife had to make some adjustments in their absence. Their career was trashed. They were probably facing great uh, readjustments in going back home. But who knows, being thankful makes it a whole lot easier. So there was a wholeness that came to this guy, whatever it was, because he was thankful, he was grateful. He, um, obviously, they were happy they were cleansed, but for some reason, gratitude was not at the top of their list. They wanted to go on, what's next, you know, kind of deal. What have you done for me lately, Lord, is some people's approach to things. Rounding the home plate to wrap it up, I'll race through these rewards for thankfulness. There have been psychological studies by universities across the country that verify most of these. I made a couple of them up towards the end. You'll notice them. Anyway, uh, being thankful will give you better sleep and better health. It'll improve your attitude. In fact, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, a merry heart is like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. It'll pick you up. Another reward for thankfulness is you'll experience less comparison and less depression. You'll stop comparing yourself to the Joneses. You'll never win doing that. You know why? There's too many of them. Don't compare yourself to the Joneses. Less comparison. Paul said it's not wise to compare yourself. Live in the sphere the Lord has for you and walk in thankfulness. And less depression is as a result of it. More contentment and fulfillment is for those that are thankful. Learning to be content in every state, Paul said. Texas or Oklahoma, be content. It's easier in Texas, though, I think. Did you hear why the Aggie switched to OU? He heard if he went to school there, he'd graduate sooner. Uh, less jealousy and envy is wrestled with by a thankful person. You actually can be happy for someone's well-being 
by developing a thankful attitude. Maybe your life isn't the ideal, but I tell you what, it's a whole lot better than it could be, amen? More joy in your marriage. It's easier to be married to somebody. I will read this study. Um, The University of Georgia did research where they interviewed 468 married individuals on relationship satisfaction, covering everything from communication to habits to finances. They found the most consistent, significant predictor of happy marriages was whether one's spouse expressed gratitude. And one of the writers, uh, Ted Frutis, was quoted as saying, feeling appreciated and believing that your spouse values you directly influences how you feel about your marriage, how committed you are to it, and your belief that it will last. He goes on to say, gratitude can disrupt Difficult times as well, acting as a buffer. Just simply, it's like a weapon against discouragement. Simply think of something to be thankful for and express it from your heart to counteract that negative stuff. Uh, When we're thankful, we'll be inclined to raise less ungrateful, rebellious children. They'll see us model thankfulness to them, and of course, we'll teach them to be thankful. And... uh, Kids will hold you accountable. If you preach something you're not practicing, this do as I say, don't do as I do concept doesn't work. It doesn't work. Unless you want kids that leave their brains at the door. Nobody wants that. Thankfulness creates more effective communication. Um, it just makes people want to listen to you more. Uh, we're blessed here in this church with, with a lot of speakers. I mean, I, I pastor a church full of Preachers, just amazing, and um, I don't know why they keep coming here. It's just really a blessing. But one of them really excels at giving thanks. Uh, J.P. Grantham, one of our elders, when he gets up and he starts giving appreciation, he starts handing them out like trophies. The guy just excels at it. By the time he's done, we will vote him into office, and he's not even campaigning. He's gotten us eaten out of his hand, and we hear every word he says. It makes effective communication. It helps us resist materialism and narcissism. You know, everybody's born a narcissist, and that's what parenting is, is to deal with that. Foolishness is born in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from them. We have to fight against narcissism. If you go to YouTube and just do a search on narcissism, you'll see narcissists being experts on narcissism. It's just so many experts out there. By the time you watch a half a dozen of them, it's like, you know what? Everybody is one. We've got to resist it. Don't assume you're not one. Resist it. And thankfulness really helps it because it develops your empathy for others. You you learn to care. It makes you more sensitive because you're on the lookout for things to be thankful for because you've made a decision to be a thankful person. It gives you a more outward focus on others. That kind of echoes what I just said. Uh, Helps you with quicker recovery from traumas. I'll I'll read one more study here. Um, In 06, they did a study of Vietnam War veterans and found those veterans that had higher levels of gratitude experienced lower rates of PTSD. In 2003, a study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found that gratitude was a major contributor to resilience following the terrorist attacks on September 11th. Recognizing 
All you have to be thankful for, the study learned, fosters resilience. And that's what I was getting at with the, with the one leper being declared, your faith has made you well. He may have got more than the others got because of the trauma of what he's gone through. I mean, think of the trauma of that, having to live apart from people for weeks or months or years. That's horrible. And now you're entering back into society. There's going to be some adjustment there. Things went better for him, I'm sure, because of his thankful attitude. All right, here's where I started making him up. If we're thankful, maybe we'll have less sad country songs written. (laughs) That truck you lost wasn't any good anyway, all right. Another reward for thankfulness is we'll have more things to be thankful for. This is one of my heroes, Martin Luther King Sr. He was born Michael King, and... uh, after a trip to Germany, was so moved by the life of Martin Luther, he began to call himself Martin Luther, although he never legally changed his name to that, and he changed the name of his eldest son, Michael, to Martin Luther King Jr. But this is Martin Luther King Sr. He's the one that raised his amazing son and went through the heartache. At around 39 years of age, his son was assassinated in 1968. And then the next year, 1969, his second son, who was a year younger than Martin, about the same age as Martin, died a mysterious death in the middle of the night. He drowned in his own swimming pool at a time when no one normally swims. Very suspicious. Dealing with that heartbreak. Then five years later on a Sunday morning when he wasn't at church, a crazed Christian-hating gunman came in his church to kill him and killed his wife while she's playing the organ in front of the congregation. Years later, he was interviewed and asked, how did you cope with experiencing such loss? How do you, how do you live? How do you? He said these words, you've got to learn how to rejoice in what you have left. Think about that. You may think you've lost everything, but you really haven't lost everything. Maybe you had a fire, you lost all your baby pictures, but you're still alive. He had the legacy his son had left behind. He had the legacy he was going to leave behind. He had the years of wonderful years with his wife and his family. He still had his congregation there in Atlanta, Georgia. So He learned to rejoice in what you have left. We have to learn to be thankful in what we have. Many times, uh, a parent will lose a child, and and it'll split them up. In fact, 85% of the adults that lose a child eventually wind up divorced, statistics say. And sometimes they're, they're so focused on the child they lost that the children that are still living feel like they're second class citizens. They feel like they not only lost their sibling, but they lost their parents. I've been told this by someone. And it's because of sorrow and trauma that this happens. But how do you overcome that? I really think it's not picking yourself up by your own bootstraps, by praying, Lord, help me to be thankful. 
going to that high priest who's easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities to find strength to help in time of need to overcome your struggles. Denzel Washington said, give thanks for blessings every day. Embrace gratitude. It is impossible to be grateful and hateful at the same time. He said, I pray that you put your slippers so far under your bed at night that when you wake up in the morning, you have to get on your knees to find them. And while you're down there, stop and say thank you. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. Until you change it, you're not going anywhere. I'm grateful to be in a town where churches love one another. That, that when an unbeliever says, I'm not going to listen to you because there's too many churches. Why, why all these churches? My response is, why isn't there more? And it's not how it looks to you. We get together quite often. In fact, we're getting together next Sunday. Oh, you like how I segued into a commercial? <laughs> Granbury Baptist is hosting a night of worship. Walls of di division, separation, and religious pride are coming down in our town. Not that we're surrendering our values, but we, we are who we are, and we're celebrating our diversity and coming together in areas where we can. So this is awesome. So if you're free next Sunday night, come join us at Granbury Baptist. But right now, thank you for being here. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, for the city in which we live with all the wonderful congregations the new ones that are going to come, and the growth that is going to come. I pray, Lord, you would encourage every man and woman of God in this room, every person, that they would know they're significant in your kingdom and that you would remind them to be thankful when they feel like it and when they don't, to maintain the attitude by maintaining the action of giving thanks to you and to one another. Lord, we even thank you for our enemies because they cause us to pray more than we would ordinarily. Lord, we thank you for our friends because they are such a blessing. Help us, Lord, to do your will and to be a light to this nation you've called us to be. God bless our city, our county, our state, our nation our continent, and our world. For your glory, Lord, may the Great Commission be fulfilled in Jesus' name.